This one time in real estate, season one. By the way, we're close to rolling this over to season two. I think you said episode 30, we're after 30. So we're still going to have season one 30 and then roll it over. Yep. Great. And if I'm correct, this is season one number 28. 28. Can you believe that? I'm so excited. So you wanted to talk a little bit about um, investing, which is pretty cool. And it's a beautiful thing that I'm incredibly proud. How many homes do you own other than your primary residence? So we own two two investment properties. Fantastic. Single family homes? Correct. Yep. Have a renter? Yeah. Renter in both of them. Fantastic. And um, how long ago did you buy them? So, uh, let's see, 2017, I want to say for the first and 2019, it was before COVID 2019, I think. For the awesome. First. So we've had and you've while. paid down equity. Yes. A lot, and the yeah. values I'm assuming since 2017 and 2019, they've gone up a tad. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just a bit, actually a lot, like a lot. And so it's tricky because you probably in the back, 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 back of your mind, like, Hey, should we sell this and monetize it mm-hmm. or do we hang on to it? What What's your thought process? Yeah, well, I definitely have leveraged uh, your um, expertise in that regard because Matt, my husband and I have had multiple conversations uh, because we have a home valuation site that sends us the link to the values of both of the investment properties and they're doing pretty darn good and they're in great areas, um, in areas that we know. So Mark, I, I leveraged Mark to say, where do we buy investment properties? He said, you should probably buy where you know and close enough to your home because we're choosing to be our, our own property manager and that has worked out really, really well for us. Um, so we, we are still going strong and believing that uh, we want to have an abundance mindset that it's going to pay off in the long run. Like we don't just want to sell and just capitalize right now because I think ultimately it'll pay off if we hold on to it. So that's where we are today. Could change. Uh, but for now, that's where we're staying. And we've been really fortunate to have great renters. Uh, so, you know, it's been a, an overall really great experience. And thankfully, my husband's handy so he can take care of the day-to-day um you know, uh, maintenance related issues that come up. So we're so far so good, but we want to get more. How will you need more? You at least need one more. Do you know why you would need at least one more? Yes. So we, uh, we are looking at these properties as investment vehicles for our children's college fund. So Kennedy has the first one, my oldest daughter, Nolan has the second one, and then we still need a third for our, our, our youngest. So we, we need to find that sooner than later. Uh, Mary Kate, uh, bad news. We have two homes. Your yeah. brother and sister have one each, and I'm um, you for college. No, not so much. Nope. And um, get a full ride. So, and the good news is she's she's still young enough right now that she may not fully understand. But I have a feeling in the next year or two you'll be hearing from her because she will let you know so anyway yes it's a beautiful thing you put the llc eventually potentially and i don't know ownership we don't even have to get into it but eventually you put ownership into the children's name it's a wealth tax planning it's a wealth uh passing on to the next generation strangers so many beautiful things but equally there's a beautiful opportunity if you want to monetize it at some point but as long as it's generating positive cash flow you're reserving for any big things that may occur. The values are going up and you're in it at a great interest rate. Hey, that is the American dream of home ownership and 
of investing. And I love it. I'm so proud of you. I would love for any listener out there to just dip their toe. It seems daunting. Your first one, daunting or not? Like you were pretty young and like that, <laughs> that was great. I, I don't even actually remember the dauntingness of it. What oh was? Oh my gosh. Uh, we were actually, I was just talking about this the other day because, uh, yeah, we were still somewhat early in our marriage, young family. Uh, and you had to put down at the time, I think you only had to put down 20%. Um, but that's a lot of money, um, you know, for a down payment on top of the fact that we knew we had to do some things to fix it. And, um, so it was, it was definitely a very stressful time, but there's usually, I was telling somebody else this, uh, on the other side of fear and doubt and, um, all that stress is usually a really, really great opportunity on the other side of that. So we were very fortunate that we knew Mark in that instance and, um, and he, you know, such great mentor and was like, Hey, don't let this pass you by. Like, this is actually going to be a great opportunity. And obviously it ended up being a complete blessing, truly huge, huge blessing. Never did my husband and I think that we would own multiple homes yet just from how we grew up. We just didn't even think it was an, it was a possibility. So, and I think that's such a testament to real estate. If, if you really grit it out and put the work in, the opportunities are endless, um, that will provide for you and your family. So, and yeah, I mean, gosh, just listening, aligning yourself with experts in the industry that can guide you through that process and, and help you, um, because, good things will happen when you own real estate. You put down 20% or whatever that number, 15, 20, 25%. Had you put in the stock market at that time, it would have probably gone up, but nothing like being able to drive by it. If you wouldn't have done the first, you're unlikely to have done the second. The first made it easier to do the second and will make it easier when you find that right one to do the third because there's something about that experience and others. So had you put it in the stock market, it probably would have gone up. Wouldn't have gone up as much as this. It wouldn't have cash flowed ultimately the same way. And it wouldn't have created the expertise, this strategy of owning additional. There would have been an intimidation. So it's interesting how one decision has a really a a big impact that you may not even think about. So one decision to buy one piece of property turned into a a passion, a growth strategy, this uh, different mindset. And so it's really, really exciting. I did something, I know that we were going to talk about um, my first investment. I did a similar thing, except I bought a big multifamily to jump right into it in a subpar area that was somewhat challenging of an area to manage. But what I did was I kicked out all the bad people. I evicted them. I cleaned up the building. I started over from scratch. I invested in the building. I added value to the building and I ended up building that. I was blessed that I had a great, great property manager that lived in the property, but we all get our start somewhere. And it's a beautiful thing that you were talking to a friend about this and inspiration. You talk to our agents about this. I'm speaking about it. You have to start somewhere. And I think too many people get intimidated and don't get me wrong. Buying real estate can be scary. It can be intimidating, but the rewards on the other side is just so remarkable 
and it really propels you, it slingshots you for whatever future investments you want to make. So I, I just, I think it's a really amazing thing that um, I know that Sarah and I are here. If anybody in listener land wants to reach out to us, you know where to find us. You can text, you can email us. But here's the thing. We would love to inspire somebody to impact the future generation. You heard Sarah say she grew up uh, in a family, couldn't imagine owning three homes. She owns three right now, personal and two investments. It's just something to be really incredibly proud of, but anybody can do it at some level. Doesn't have to be, uh, you know, at, at the at the area, the level that's right next to your home, because you're blessed to have done that, mm-hmm. found that home. You ever drive by them, show the kids like, hey, this is something that we own? Always. You do. <laughs> well, the one just so happens to be next to my mother-in-law. So that worked out really well. So we see that all the time. We don't tell we don't tell the new tenant that they're living next to <laughs> um, our mother-in-law. But that way, it's, it's great because it's additional eyes on the property. So we always see that one. And then the other one we drive. The other one I said we're going to retire in one day because it's just a great, great little house. So... But That's yeah, cool. Always. What about you? Do you ever drive by your first? Do you, you don't I, have it anymore. I don't have my first. I sometimes do. I actually, um, I don't drive by them as much as I should, but certainly for nostalgia purposes, I will. Actually, for nostalgia purposes, it was really unique because I drove my kids by my first home that I lived in with my parents. Oh. And it's interesting, but that will be a whole nother we live in homes today that are bigger than the homes we grew up in. And we were perfectly happy in those little homes that we grew up in, but it's a whole different society. It's a whole so different. True. That's like a whole nother podcast, but they were amazed. You grew up in. The, yeah. And it worked out pretty darn well <laughs> when they looked at how small the house was and we were happy, but it's all relative. It's all relative. Anything else there, Sarah? No, this is a good one. Let's wrap it up. This one time in real estate talking about investing, big homes, little homes, all that good stuff.